Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Ian Gauchi, a founding partner with GTG Advocates, a law firm of 22 professionals based in Malta. He serves on the Maltese Blockchain Task Force and is one of the drafters of a new law on smart contracts, blockchain, and cryptocurrencies, and advises the government and financial institutions on fintech and blockchain matters. Hi, Ian. How are you? Hi, it's it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's such a privilege. So tell us about your background and your practice. I'm a technology lawyer, been in technology for the past 17 years. I can say that I have a particular inclination and quest towards technology-related matters that opened me up to blockchain approximately four years ago. And I became fascinated with policy implications and how technology being so pervasive could drastically change how the economy is going to shape up and even how the social fabric of society will be affected. Why has distributed ledger technology like blockchain become so popular in Malta? Initially, there was this Bitcoin phenomenon and Bitcoin is the first successful protocol established on a blockchain, on a DLT, that Bitcoin was perceived way back from 2008 as an empowering tool, an empowering machine, irrespective of the nomenclature. If it's a commodity, if it's a payment method, if it's a means of exchange, if it is similar to money, but it is an empowering tool. Now, the tool on which this particular empowering tool originated is blockchain. So initially, people started concentrating on Bitcoin, and I think it happened not only in Malta, but everywhere along the globe. Then all of a sudden, people started realizing that the true empowering machine, which permitted the Bitcoin, was blockchain. And all of of a sudden, we started seeing blockchain as radically foundational technology, so something which can literally create new avenues of business, regenerate the existing avenues of business, It can disrupt as well the existing um, avenues of business. And to a certain extent, it can also create a new ecosystem altogether, similar to what happened with TCPIP, with the internet, with the printing press. So we as a nation anticipated that this could be the next big economical boom. That's why we were particularly inclined towards this new foundation in technology. What is unique about the Maltese legal community that makes new technology thrive? We are a small nation. We don't have any particular resources, say, for the sun and the sea. Other than that, all we have is human capital. So we always strive to excel, to create niches so that we can prosper. This happened in the financial services industry, most as a small hub there. Gaming industry, we are a small gaming hub, remote gaming hub. The maritime industry, same thing happened. We are one of the largest flags worldwide. Now, blockchain and the technological limit behind it is, to a similar extent, something which was visualized by lawyers and technology people as well, because we have crafted a law which we pride ourselves to say that it, it was done by technology people for technology people. So they're the lawyers merely assisting in laying it out. We knew that there were risks, and concept-wise, we created something 
even in America, if you see uh, Wyoming, if you see other states, they are already looking at regulating, for example, smart contracts at something which is a typical difference from a normal contract or an electronic contract. We have embraced this and we're creating an ad hoc regime specifically on technology arrangements, which could be smart contracts, which could be DLT, hybrid, private, public. And on top of that, we then build on the services parameter. So it's, if it's an ICO, if you have tokens, if you have an exchange or pure crypto exchange. So I think that we, as uh, part of the policy community behind the legislations, it's a new wave of doing regulation. How can lawyers specifically take advantage of blockchain and other DLT tools? Blockchain as, and DLT as a technology, similar to Bitcoin, is an empowering machine. It will not replace lawyers. Smart contracts will not replace lawyers as much as when you have a vending machine um, selling beer, selling alcohol. It did not replace the barman, even though the barman there needed to be more sophisticated. So to a certain extent, even their lawyers, it is an empowering machine because certain mundane tasks will not be done by lawyers anymore. As a matter of fact, they should not be done by lawyers full stop even now. So a lawyer there will emancipate itself, will do more quality work. Even the legal profession, in my humble view, will emancipate. Because the more there's technology, the more there's technology which is pervasive, the more there's an instrument which can decide as well disputes, the more the need for a lawyer. Because at the end of the day, it is the lawyer which, in most instances, will set the parameters for coders to imbue, to put into a technology arrangement or smart contract. Even when the smart contract itself is really smart, it needs to be smart based on principles on judgments, on sentences, on contracts, which initially will be formulated by lawyers. So is the use of blockchain and other DLT tools now limited primarily to smart contracts? Not necessarily, no. Right now, I would say that even smart contracts per se are not so smart. You can't have a smart contracts fully automated and fully redundant on a particular blockchain as well. Because of scalability, because of costs, most of the time, particularly if it's on ether, because of data protection, particularly in Europe, because they're GDPR. So there are prob- there's problem with the right of erasure, right to be forgotten, right to block. There are certain instances where even the GDPR does not marry well with the technology. So we're finding even um, the law per se. For example, if you have zero tolerance, when you have a consumer contract, in a consumer contract, zero tolerance, so where you have a fully automated code which decides the outcome, irrespective of the entities involved, that is something which cannot be acceptable under consumer legislation. So we are finding certain instances where, aside from the fact that the contract is not smart per se, not as envisaged by Nick's Babo, but even a smart contract in itself, to a certain extent, could be a contract between chains or a contract which part of it, the outcome will be on the blockchain. However, the operative part will be outside of the blockchain. So we are still in early stages. But we think that a technology arrangement, so a smart contract, when it really becomes smart, when even through blockchain you have big data, when even through blockchain or with blockchain you have artificial intelligence, Mining into this big data and where that big data is ascertained, so that you're feeding the smart contract, you're making sure that the automated part is safe, so you're creating parameters, 
And with those parameters, you can as well meter the bias, bias from an AI point of view. There, the smart contract will be, um, there are already prototypes right now, a self-driving contract where you just you might just agree on a purpose. And as long as both parties agree on the purpose, the smart contract will make sure that irrespective of what happens, that purpose is attained. So to a certain extent, it could be as well that the smart contract, if, for example, there is a problem with regards to the gas, gases, particularly on ether, is something on which the smart contract runs. It needs gas. Or if, for example, there are loops which were not seen before, so there's a risk of a smart contract ending in a endless loops. There is technology as well which will make sure that as long as you agree on the purpose, even from the shortcomings of technology itself, the smart contract can heal itself and make sure that the purpose is achieved. That is something which is phenomenal, in my view. What are the risks of using blockchain and DLT tools in legal matters? Wow. The risk could be many. It's something which is new. It's something which is innovative. So we are using a technology which can have particular ramifications and it is still in its infancy. If you focus on the legal point of view, we have no case law, no proven cases as yet, even disputes on blockchain. So that will be something which is radically new as well. It is something that if I compare it, for example, to, uh, I don't know if you remember VOIP. When we had VOIP compared to the normal telephony, copper telephony, they used to say that, oh, it's very risky. Um, there might be jitters back, it might be lost. And it was all true. Same things are being said right now because of blockchain. There's no scalability. It is something which is new. It might be an old technology because to a certain extent, it's an old technology as well. You see the Merkel, uh, if you see the cryptographic keys, to a certain extent, if you see smart contracts, all these concepts are pretty old. The difference is that DLT now brings all these elements together. But conceptually, these concepts are old technology as well. However, back to VOIP. So in those days, VOIP, even the big operators used to say, listen, this will never pick up. Similar to what happened when Graham Bell introduced the telephone. They loved it. But everybody knows that history proved them wrong. VOIP is the same thing. From VOIP, we improved to VOB, VOLTE. Now, you practically have all the backbone of the major telecoms incumbent running on IP networks. So it's packet technology. Blockchain could follow the same path. Right now, it's still early, but blockchain could become, or DLT, to be more precise, because blockchain is a part of the big DLT family, but it could become the next internet. So... There are risks, intrinsic risks. There are benefits as well. And I think that only time will tell. But in my humble view, the benefits will outweigh the risks because you always have risks in life. Where do you see blockchain, distributed ledger technology, and other legal tech in general headed in Europe? In five to eight years' time, this technology will be predominantly mainstream. Unless we have another technology, because here we're speaking about innovation, which has better qualities, better traits. So to a certain extent, and that is very important because we should not fixate ourselves with one technology. Blockchain is not a panacea. DLT is not a panacea. But we are making sure, a lot of countries in Europe, but we most, I think, we're one of the first that it is not a chimera either. So if there's a potential, if there's benefit 
to take out of this foundational technologies. We want to be the first to invest and to make sure that this happens. So I would say that from what I'm seeing, I'm seeing other countries, there's Gibraltar, there's Liechtenstein, there's Latvia, and the English are as well looking very, very closely at blockchain technology. Plus, as the European Commission has established an observatory, they are also thinking uh, very seriously of regulating blockchain, even though they need to understand that blockchain is not cryptocurrencies as we did. We regulated them both under different regimes. So blockchain with it something which is voluntary, which is based on certification, where you don't regulate per se technology, but you dress it up, you make it more safe for the end user. Then cryptocurrencies, something which is a little bit different because that mimics very much financial services, legislation. But there is a wave, there is a current thinking process right now in a lot of European countries, led by the European Commission as well, that this is the next big thing. As a matter of fact, they are seriously thinking about regulating it. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Ian Gauchi, a founding partner with GTG Advocates, a law firm of 22 professionals in Malta. He serves on the Maltese Blockchain Task Force and is one of the drafters of a law on smart contracts, blockchain, and cryptocurrencies and advises the government and financial institutions on fintech and blockchain matters. Ian, thank you so much. Thank you. It was a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.